0: Before we read the story that Kathy so graciously told all of us, uh, we're going to take a moment to pray that God would open our hearts to listen. Let's pray. God of light, you shine in the darkness of the world and in our hearts. As we prepare to hear your words spoken, may you show us something of yourself and your light that in knowing you we can see and be light ourselves. Amen.
1: Today's Old Testament reading is Psalm 96. O oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, he is to be revered above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens, honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. The world is firmly established shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. The word of the Lord.
0: The second reading is from Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 2, excuse me. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising, and come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together the chief priests and scribes of the peoples, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and surrounding Bethlehem who were two years old and under, according to the time he had learned from the wise men. Then this was fulfilled what had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for his children. She refused to be consoled because they were no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archaeus was ruling over Judea and the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. God, the story of your word is our story. It speaks to us still over time about how you are working in our lives and the promise of your son who lives with us. As we reflect on this good word today, may your spirit be stirring in all things, helping to make clear what you have said in this word, that we might hear your presence at work in our lives. Amen. The Bible is a really fascinating book. I think at times we lose track of just how scandalous and radical and dramatic it is because we've heard the stories time and time again. In today's scripture reading alone, we hear the story of a Messiah, a savior who is an infant. And these three strange men from some other country we don't know where following a star to find this baby, no map, just a star. And then we hear of this crazed, tyrant, power-hungry king who murders and slaughters hundreds of children. And finally, we hear the story of this baby Messiah who takes flight and leaves the country as a refugee to be safe. It's an incredibly dramatic story one that many of us have heard over and over again and know well, and there's a lot going on within it. I've enjoyed reflecting on this text this past week in preparation for this sermon, and there are so many little parts I wanted to pull out and share with you, but a question that kept coming to me again and again was, who is this Savior that has come to us? We've celebrated Christmas, and now we're in the season of Epiphany where we begin to realize who this Savior is. And our passage today tells us two beautiful, contrasting and yet together realities about who our Savior is. First, Jesus is God and King. And second, Jesus is human and vulnerable. And both of these together make up the God that we love and serve. This is actually an ancient doctrine of the church that Jesus is fully God and fully human at the same time, both together. But first, the story highlights this aspect of Jesus being king. See, the Israelite people were longing and waiting for a savior, a Messiah, to come to them. It was promised to them through the prophets. But what's interesting about how Matthew highlights Jesus as king is he tells the story of these three magi coming from some distant land, we don't even know where, following a star to worship Jesus. And what this tells us is that Jesus is not just the king of biblical Israel, but the king of the nations, the king of the whole world. Jesus is a sovereign king, God, who is worthy of worship, Who the stars in the heavens themselves obey. The second part of Jesus' kingship that we see in the story is in contrast to the person of King Herod, as Kathy pointed out so well in our children's sermon. So many of us, when we hear of kings or rulers or governors, have all sorts of ideas that come up in our mind about what a ruler or a governor is. Sometimes it's bad, (laughs) and sometimes it's good. Take, for example, our government in the United States. Everyone here, I'm sure, has different ideas of people in our government that you like or you don't like, and you think they're a good ruler or a bad ruler. In this story, we have a picture of a good ruler, Jesus, and a bad ruler, Herod. And I think Matthew shares this story in part to point to the kind of king that Jesus is. He's not like Herod. I was listening to a reflection on this sermon, uh, this, this passage, and Caroline Lewis from Luther Seminary raised the question, what happens to those in power when their power is threatened? For a good ruler, you would assume that they would protect the vulnerable underneath them, care for them. But Herod, when his power was threatened, he lashed out and took advantage of the most vulnerable in his midst. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to say this is not the way a king should act or a good ruler should be. And it's a contrast in the story that reminds us that Jesus is not like this king that shows up by attacking the poor and powerless. In fact, Jesus, who is king himself, is also one of the most vulnerable. So we see Jesus as king. And we see Jesus also as a fully human person who was so fragile as a baby that he had to take flight into another country to be safe. This may sound odd to you, but I think this second part about Jesus having to be a refugee out of his country as a fragile baby is actually really good news to us. It's a disturbing part of the story, to be sure but it tells us something about the nature of God. God loved us so much that God took on human fragility to know and to feel and to understand our pain. Jesus, as fully God and fully fragile human, knows what it's like to experience trials, being a refugee, the difficulties of human life, The God that we serve is both King and Lord of the universe and also the God who knows intimately, empathetically, and caringly what it's like to experience the darkest days of our existence. This is the Savior that we serve. Jesus in this story was a refugee. I looked up the definition of refugee um, from the internet and Merriam-Webster dictionary, and they said that a refugee is someone who flees their country for their life um, to get to another country safely. So Jesus was a refugee in the story, and we know of refugees in the world today. And I, I have to believe from this story that Jesus understands their reality with great compassion as he lived it himself. But I'd like to take a moment and open up the definition of refugee a little bit wider, if you allow me some creativity in play, to say someone who flees, even if they're not fleeing to a foreign country to escape their own potential death. Someone who flees, being a refugee. And as we're reflecting on this element of Jesus who shares our reality in life as someone who lives the human experience, I was thinking about how similar we are in our lives and that all of us in some way are refugees. We all run away from things at time. Potentially, it's not as bad as the story of Jesus, but there are things in our life that we flee or run away from. Perhaps it is something that is dramatic and painful, such as running away from an addiction or abuse. Or perhaps it's something like running away from the pain of the loss of a loved one. Or depression or anxiety that we are wrestling with. Or trying to face or turn away from a medical diagnosis or our own aspect of human fragility and mortality. Perhaps we flee from difficult situations at work or family problems. I think there's all of us in some way that have things that we run away from. I'd like to share with you a little bit of something of what is going on in my life in that way. I had an interesting experience this morning. Um, usually when I get up on Sunday mornings, I get up early and I come to church. But this morning, I, I woke up at 4 a.m., and that was not planned. <laughs> so I was, I was lying in my bed, and I was, I was feeling really anxious And so I'm like, this must be why I'm up. There must be something on my mind. What is it? Maybe I forgot something for church. Maybe my sermon's going to be awful. I don't know what it is. You can tell me afterwards. (laughs) Um, But I was trying to think of what it was, and I realized there's this this friendship in my life in which I have some conflict with someone. We have this situation which we've disagreed on something, and I'm feeling the friction, and I need to have a moment with them where I come to them and say, This is the impact this situation had on me. I want to connect with you about it and work it out. But I'm afraid to. Because there's this element whenever we have these difficult conversations in our lives, where we're afraid that if we have the conversation, it could polarize us rather than actually bring us to a deeper understanding. And so in my life, what's happening now is I'm running away from this conversation with my friend but I I had a come-to-Jesus moment this morning, and I'm I'm turning around and recognizing that I'm running. All this to say, there are things big and small in our lives that we run away with. I, I run away from things. I know many of us have run away from things at times, too. We all, in certain aspects of our lives, are refugees in that way. The good news in this story is that Jesus, who himself is a refugee, is also the God and king of the universe who's a refuge for us, even as we're running away from the many problems and pains in our lives. Jesus, once he grew up and was able to speak outside of his infant birth, had this good news for us. Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The psalmist also says this in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam. The Lord, our host, is with us. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. Who is the savior that has come to us, Christmas, Epiphany? Jesus, the one who is a refuge for us. We who are refugees of small and big making at different times in our lives. This is the good news of the gospel, that there is nothing that is too big that you need to run away from God. God can hold every single trouble in your life, even if it's something that isn't easily fixed. God holds you in the pain and the tension. He's big enough to hold those things with you and says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. There may be some of you today who, as you listen to this sermon, may be thinking, I can't think of anything in my life that I'm running from right now. And that's okay. (laughs) Because I believe that as Christians, we're called to follow the example of Jesus And if you perhaps find yourself in this beautiful, spacious space where you don't feel like you're running from anything, maybe you have the beautiful opportunity to follow the example of Jesus and to be a refuge for others who find themselves as refugees, whether it be in the literal sense of the term or in some of those other ways that we were talking about. Potentially, you have the the ability to provide love and care for someone who might be hurting, someone who needs a friend, Someone who might be on the edges of society that needs a welcome and a place to be in the welcoming love of God. This is also the good news of the gospel. Not only that God is a refuge for us, but enables us to be a refuge for others. I pray for all of us that we might find the rest, grounding, and refuge in Jesus, our king and our friend who says to us, come to me, take refuge and delight in me. There's no need to run anymore. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus Christ, Son of God, we love you. We thank you that you loved us enough to come to us in such a fragile human form. We thank you that you are a refuge for us in the midst of life's trials, both great and small. I pray for your strength and guidance for each of us in our refugee status. And may you enable us, through your grace and strength, to be a refuge for others and a place of love. We pray this in your name. Amen.